There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. Happy Monday. Happy August. Hope you guys had a blessed weekend and hope your week is starting off well. We're here to just make it a little bit better. We're so excited for today's show and our guest we have in studio. But before that, I always love to start out with some advice for a better life. And today that comes in putting down this right here, your cell phone. This weekend, I spent 36 hours without cell phone service, without a clock. I didn't look at it. My time was where the sun was in the sky. It was amazing. And I learned several things. I want to be able to share a couple of things that I learned with you guys is that A, nature resets and frees the mind. You get outside, you're able to just kind of free yourself and clear your mind. Uh, another thing is that we let the words and actions of other people impact us emotionally way too much. We'll be on our phones, we'll see a headline, we'll see a tweet from someone, and it'll just anger us or it'll just stick with us and that'll impact our emotions. And it shouldn't. This person and or the outlet that is putting this out, it probably doesn't have a direct correlation to your life, so don't let it impact you emotionally. Three, you can find a lot of things when you get lost. Rest is incredibly important to life. The things that you actually need in your life, very minimal. And finally, the world still spins when you turn your phone off. Don't worry, you're not going to miss as much as you think, and that world actually spins a little bit slower, so you can enjoy every single moment. So whether it's just once a week, whether it's once a month, whether it's once every two months, Turn your phone off and you'll see that the world is much bigger outside of that. So excited to talk with our featured guest today who has done so many amazing TV shows. His new project, Insatiable, on Netflix drops August 10th. And he also is in The Death of Superman, an animated Justice League movie as The Flash on August 7th. So incredibly excited. Thank you for joining us, Chris Gora. Just one <laughs> second, Michael. Just one second. Just got I just got to get this. What's the news of the day? What's the tweet? No, just this meme is just so (laughs) funny. So funny. Sorry, what were you saying? I mean, you're the father of three kids. You got to know they're probably always on their phones, right? Uh, yeah, no, it's a big fight. It's it's um, uh, there's there's a balance between the damage that the phone is mm-hmm. undoubtedly doing to them and the advantage that it gives the parents because it's something that we can take away. Okay, so that's, it's a delicate balance that's constantly being adjusted in our house. And your kids, uh, one I know, seventeen, a couple of younger ones. What age did they get cell phones, or what age is that? A, is that a conversation now for parents? Well, it is a conversation. I think it's different in every family. For yep. us, I believe uh, it was about eighth grade. We were kind wow. of late, like all of their friends. That's late. Had phones. That's really late. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Well, I, it's it's good though because again, as we'll talk today, you know, obviously, Insatiable on Netflix and other projects—they're so handy. They you are, can just watch them are. on your phone. It's a catch twenty-two, right? Good. Now my teenagers are getting commercials for my TV show on their phone. <laughs> So that's how I know Netflix is doing a good job. It's, it's keeping both you and I employed with a job. So I guess it's exactly not the right. worst thing. Exactly uh, right. And if you are on your phone, you want to be able to follow Chris after the show at Chris Gorham on Twitter and on Instagram. Certainly thankful to be here on the Popcorn Talk Network. That is at the Popcorn Talk on Instagram and on Twitter. And you can follow me on Instagram and on Twitter at the only MC. 
one of the projects that we talk about, the Justice League movie, that's got to be great because those fans are just incredible, right? Oh, yeah. Well, and the movie's good. So the, the latest one is The Death of Superman. Mm-hmm. This is the, now number three. This number is, oh, I think, the fifth. Five, yeah. Fifth or sixth. Um, uh, and and it's it's great. I mean, the story, The Death of Superman, everybody mm-hmm. knows the story. Um, a lot of, well, all of the fans read the graphic novel when it came out mm-hmm. in 92. Uh, then, you know, that was obviously an inspiration for the Superman versus Batman movie that came mm-hmm. out. Out last year, two years ago. Yep. Um, um, it's a, it's a, it's our own take, our own, as if I wrote it or had <laughs> anything to do with the creation of this film. Um, but it's kind of our own take on that story. Um, uh, it's not exactly the story that you find in the graphic novel because uh, there's a lot. There's the Justice League. The other members of the Justice mm-hmm. League are in the film. Um, but that I think really helps with the emotional journey that um, Clark goes on. Um, or Lois and Clark both go on uh, in the story in the movie. Anyway, it's it's already out on for electronic download. It comes out uh, for DVD and Blu-ray tomorrow, yes, seventh August seventh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it certainly starts. I mean, it's amazing people. Jerry O'Connell is the Man of Steel. You have Rain Wilson, sort of from The Office, as Lex Luthor. Mm-hmm. Rosario Dawson is Wonder Woman. It's a great I mean, cast. that's got to be incredible to be able to work with these people. Yeah, it's really great. I don't get to work with them. Well, <laughs> we all record. I mean, yeah. We all record individually. Um, maybe they're all recording together, and I'm just on my own. Maybe I'm completely ostracized. Maybe you missed that uh, that um, message on your phone because yes, you had it off. That's right. Um, uh, no, it's a it's a great cast. I, you know, yeah. I think for there's a lot that could impress you about the all new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class, leading passenger space, and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. Folks our age, uh, we grew up, or at least I grew up as a Justice League fan. I watched mm-hmm. the Super Friends when I was a yep. kid. Um, so being able to be uh, be a part of that world in some way has been really fun. Like the kid inside me gets very excited. So did you read the comics when you were young? I mean, how involved were I you? I wasn't a big comic book guy. No. Okay. No, I just watched the Super Friends on TV, and and um, uh, you know I was into the superheroes, mm-hmm. but um, but I wasn't much of a comics guy. It's it's crazy because it, it's so. I mean, all the movies, a lot of the productions. I mean, you see it in you know McDonald's things too. If they're using this, and it's su- superheroes are everywhere, and they're not going away. They're everywhere, <laughs> they're not going away. No, we just we saw the Teen Titans movie last week. <laughs> like, it's like I can't escape them. You can't, actually. You can't escape that. But yeah. for someone with kids, I'm sure the kids enjoy it. They do. Very nice. And then the other project, Insatiable, which uh, Alyssa Milano, Debbie Ryan. I mean, this looks like a great binge-worthy show. And that's what Netflix is, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. It is a really fun 12 episodes. Uh, it, uh, it It's a really a story about self-discovery. Mm-hmm. But it's told uh, through the eyes of a 17-year-old girl. Um, who has been bullied her entire mm-hmm. life, who gets punched in the mouth by a homeless guy that breaks her jaw. Wow. Um, over the summer, her jaw's wired shut. She loses the weight. Um, comes back to school thinking that her entire life is going to change and everything's going to be better, um, that skinny is magic, and finds out um, that that's not exactly the case um, at all. Uh, she's very upset. All of the demons that she had inside her before have been now let loose. Um, and we get to see this crazy ride of this really kind of dark, comedic revenge story. Yeah. Um, 
it is not what people expect. Um, it's uh, it's really fun. It's uh, the best thing I can describe it to for people who um, like are my age is it reminds me a lot of popular Ryan Murphy's first yep. show on the WB mm-hmm. back in two thousand. Um, it's like if that show had existed on Netflix. Hmm. Um, the tone is really fun. It's really colorful. It's really funny. It's a little dark. It's edgy. Um, you I, won't be able to stop watching. I feel, which I, is a good thing for it's Netflix, right? And this is a, one of your first Netflix probably where people can binge. And that's yeah. got to be interesting to know that people can just watch everything right away and see the whole thing. Yeah, I don't know what it's going to be like. I, you know, the making of the show is just like making any other TV show. You just make it week by week and episode by episode. But the fact that... Like, you know, for to promote the show, we have a list of words that we're not even allowed to say because it might spoil something. <laughs> Rhymes in with. I can't <laughs> tell you. Um, but there's whole things that, like, don't even mention this, don't touch on it, don't allude to it, nothing. Completely um, stay away from these 12 words. Um, but but uh, come Friday when the show drops on Netflix, the whole season's out there. So like, I don't really understand the rules of this. Like, when is it okay to start spoiling yeah. things? Because yeah. when things come out week by week, like you know um, that you're going to be able to talk about you know this spoiler mm-hmm. after episode four because it airs. But when episode four airs the same, you know, whenever you want to watch it, like, when when is it okay to talk about these spoilers? Do I you know? Like, I feel like this is a big conversation for any friends who are watching the same show, too. Because yeah. when you talk about it, like, hey, have you seen the show? Yes, I love it. Can you believe what happens in episode six? Right. No, because I'm on episode three. Yeah. Like, when is it okay to talk about what happens? I, that that should be a Twitter poll. We should put out a Twitter poll. Will you do that? Will I will. will. That? I, I really will definitely put out a Twitter is. poll of when is it okay to talk about something. Yeah. And I feel like this is... Like how many... So let's just keep it to Netflix shows. Netflix how many shows. days after the show drops, is it okay to talk about spoilers? I, is it like... What, so what are the, what what are the like, realms that we're giving here? Here we go. I'm putting out this tweet right now. For anyone watching us live on YouTube, you can go to at the only MC on Twitter, and I'll have this up here in a couple minutes. Anyone who's following on iTunes, um, listening to this, you can again just go to at the only MC uh, and be able to put this out. This uh, is vitally important. It'll be vitally so important, and Chris will retweet it, so we'll get it out to and ask his people too. So we want to know how. So we'll see how many days after a Netflix show drops is. Is it okay to give spoilers? Yeah. What? It, like, I haven't. I don't All right. Know. Choice one. Well, like, let's be reasonable. You got to give five days. A couple days is three days. Well, three days. Three days is a three good, days. Like, quick turnaround. Yeah. Right. Four episodes a day. That's doable. Yep. Uh, three days. One week is another one. Okay. And finally, we will go what, three weeks. Three weeks. All right, so we're putting this out on Twitter right now. That is the beauty thing of Twitter, isn't it? We're just putting this out, and you're like, hey, I want to know this. Or Instagram's uh, polls, you can do the same thing. Can you do that? I don't don't know how to do that. (laughs) It'll it'll engulf your life. (laughs) After every show, is it okay? Here we go. We're doing this. Uh, And I want to know. Perfect. Uh, do, do, do. Always got to give it that Great. one. So fantastic. Uh, 
and I, I, I don't know if it's going to change anything because people will be like, oh, no, my answer is still the right answer. So I'm just going to give the spoiler. No, no, this is, no, now you'll know if your answer is the right answer. And this is worldwide right? no, what everyone tell will you. have to go by. Yeah, we're going to tell you. After this, it's settled. <laughs> when, what is it about acting? If someone asked you, why are you an actor? What's the answer that you give them? Uh, I think the the answers changed a lot over time. I if I'm I decided I wanted to do this when I was ten. Um, and mind you, I grew up in Fresno, California, mm-hmm. which is four hours north of Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. I, my mom was a school nurse. My dad was an accountant. I had zero connection to the entertainment industry and absolutely zero understanding of how any of it worked. And yet decided this is what I was going to do for my career. <laughs> so if I'm honest with myself, the, the reason that I started pursuing it was because I was getting attention for doing it at school um, and in, um, at the local dinner theater that I would perform at um, in Fresno, Roger Rocca's Music Hall. Um, so really, uh, it started out because I was getting attention and it felt good. Um, I think as I got older, um, particularly... Probably when I got into um, when I started studying theater in, in college at UCLA, um, then I, it became more of um, an attraction to the creativity of it, to the art of it, to the craft of it, and um, the kind of unique uh, power that you have uh, uh, as a performance artist to uh, change the culture or to influence the culture, and um, to sometimes it's really. Uh, hard to change people's minds, but sometimes it's it's easier through art to change people's hearts, which then can lead to changed minds about things. So, um, so then I think as I you know became an adult, it became more serious. Um, and now I have three kids, so I can't stop. Michael. I can't. <laughs> I have to keep working um, because I have mouths to feed. Um, <laughs> thankfully, uh, I still love it. You know, I, I had my very first agency meeting when I was. Graduating from UCLA, they asked me two questions that I remember. The first question that I remember answering correctly at the time was uh, just point blank. He said, "Are are you good?" And I believed I was, and I told him, you know. And, and I and I and that was a test um, because uh, being an actor professionally is really. Uh, hard to do. Mm-hmm. It's a really tough business. Uh, it is a completely subjective art. Um, you know, the cream usually rises to the top, but it doesn't always. Um, and you know, one person's cream is one person's garbage. Mm-hmm. You know, in this business, yeah, like it's absolutely. Just, uh, it's sometimes really it's just the luck of the draw. Um, and so, uh, I think he wanted to know uh, that. I believed in myself mm-hmm. because if you don't have that, then really you have no business um, putting yourself through this meat grinder. That crack of doubt can easily expand. Yeah, yeah, it really, it really can. It's very easy because uh, most of the time, the feedback you're getting is that you should be doing something else. Yeah, right. Most of the mm-hmm. most of the answers you get are going to be no. If you um, even get an answer, yeah, sometimes. Yeah, exactly right. Yep. Yeah, usually the no is the silence <laughs> yes. that you hear yeah. when, when mm. you're wondering. We'll let how you it know. Went. No, we will yeah. not. Yeah, 
Um, so I, I think that was uh, an, that was something that was very important at the beginning that um, that I had that was helpful to me. And the other thing is, he asked he asked me what kind of career I wanted, hmm. and I told him I said, you know, I I. I what I want is to still be doing this and loving it when I, when I'm 90. Like I, I, I just want to be an actor. I just want mm-hmm. to do that. And and how exactly that plays out, I don't know how it's going to play out. But but this is I just feel like this is what I'm called to do. Um, well, I feel like it's a career path too, where you can do that because every you know five, ten, fifteen years, you change the type of character that you can play. Yes, and if you truly love the ability to portray that person and be able to bring that person, yeah. quote unquote, to life, yeah. then you can do that all the way till you're ninety. It doesn't matter. I mean, a couple weekends ago, a couple weeks ago, we had Ed Asner in here. Who? Yeah. Why is he still acting? Because he loves it. Well, that's the thing. Like, and like some of the people that I've admired most that I've worked with, people like Betty White mm-hmm. and Henry Winkler, um, are two of the happiest um, people who are just who are filled with joy uh, at work um, yes. and just love what they do mm-hmm. and are still having fun. Um, you know, I mean, Betty. I did an episode of. Uh, um, hot in Cleveland, mm-hmm. and Betty turned ninety while we were there. And <laughs> you know, I mean, she's ninety. Now she's ninety-five yep. now, um, and was still um, just passionate about it and just love it and had so much fun and was willing to like goof around with me and like we were taking like salacious pictures in bed and posting them <laughs> on the internet. You know, and she was game. I was like, I can't believe this is happening. I was like, I'm in bed with Betty. You know. Like, that's it's incredible. Like Betty, rub my shoulders and nuzzle my ear. <laughs> she was like, "Okay." <laughs> you know, what? Click. And that it's attitude awesome. is—it's so contagious to the people around on the yeah. set too. You know, and and, and yes, uh, and uh, you know, life is uh, is too short to be miserable doing something like mm. this. There's plenty of other things yeah. you can do and be miserable doing. Um, but this really shouldn't be one of them. No, and that you find something you love, and you'll never work a day in your life. Yeah, is what it always what it always says. At ten, and even your teens, what kind of plays were you doing? And do you remember a, at a certain play or a certain character that you portrayed in the theater? Um, we did Cheaper by the Dozen um, at that local theater where mm-hmm. I played. I don't know one of the little kids, the, yeah. little, the little boy, <laughs> the little boy. Yeah, the, the, oh, that little one. Yeah, 11. yeah, that little one. Number eleven. I don't know what his name was. <laughs> Um, but, <laughs> um, and uh, but like really, what I was doing a lot of was uh, 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 it was we were the pre-show for the the dinner theater musicals. Hmm. It was the junior company, so it was like little cabarets. We'd come out and do tap dancing and and you know sing. It was like a little cabaret, a medley of songs about you know all kinds of stuff. Um, but it was just a great uh, training ground, and we had some just crazy talented people. Um, growing up at that time, like I remember uh, uh, Audra McDonald doing Evita at wow. 18 years old in this, you know, in our little dinner little theater in Fresno. Fresno. Um, and and knowing then, like she was just a, this transcendent talent, mm-hmm. and like how amazing is that? That like we, I, you know, we can watch the beginning of what you know turned out to be what everyone knew it was going to be is yeah. this a fantastic groundbreaking career. Um, and that has to give you hope as someone younger, knowing that someone else in that same area has done that. 
Yeah. Well, also, I've always had um, like just an uh, unjustified confidence in myself. You know, <laughs> I really um, the, the belief I've had in myself for my life sometimes is just uh, really belies logic. I, I, I don't know where it comes from. So even then, I felt like, yeah, that's like me and Audra. You know, that's yeah. like we're gonna do it, no problem. Um, and uh, you know, and, and I, I've ne- I don't have what she has, but. Um, but that confidence, um, thank God, uh, um, has served me well. And I've found, uh, and I have, I've had enough talent, and I work hard enough um, that I've been able to make a career out of it so far anyway. Well, you're telling me about uh, Betty White, certainly as a uh, female icon, but obviously, I mean, you interned on Baywatch, too. There's a, a lot of probably yes. nice women there that made it easier to pursue Very women. pretty. Yeah. Uh, did you find him? Oh, yeah, yeah, there it oh. is. <laughs> nice. Well done. Oh, yeah. This is great for yes. our live YouTube audience. I mean, that's just fantastic. Right? Like, she was just laying there in bed resting. <laughs> and, like, like I'm the a-hole who's like, hey, Betty, can we take suggestive <laughs> pictures together while you're laying there? Look at that. And she totally went for it. I couldn't believe it. She was all on board. Yeah. You know, in fact, it was funny because uh, Zach Levi had done had like kissed her at her 90th birthday party like a week before um and we had followed each other on twitter so when i took that picture i, I added zach and i was like hey zach i'm in bed with your girlfriend <laughs> and he unfollowed me he unfollowed me he never followed me again oh so we're fighting so we should not expect an answer on our twitter poll from him or do you think i mean he might answer the twitter poll of netflix zach he's probably show. still mad probably yeah well Zach, I mean, we want you back, so <laughs> just, you know, get back on your phone. He might be on that phone break, too, oh, he possibly. Might, he so might no, he's when, got a big movie coming out. I think he's probably busy promoting that. <laughs> he probably is. So what was that? I mean, how old were you when you interned on Baywatch? Because that came out in 89. I mean, I was still in college. It was probably the year, the summer before my senior year. That's right. That's what it was because I shaved my that? head that summer. It was pure nepotism, like the <laughs> ran, most random bit of nepotism because because my grandfather went to medical school with the dad of one of the creators of Baywatch in Kansas. <laughs> and as all good stories begin, right? And so somehow through that connection, I ended up getting an internship at Baywatch. And by the way, like it it's not like they had interns all the time. Like they didn't know what to do with me. Like it was just <laughs> You know, the creator of the show says, oh, we're going to have this kid come in and be an intern, and, you know, he's going to spend a week in each department. And each week, the department head was like, you're doing what? Who are you? Why are you here? What's happening? All right, go sit over there. <laughs> um, so some departments were more helpful than others, than others. but um, but yeah, it was great. Well, that, I mean, the first of many good shows that you were on. And I'm wondering, you know, you, you've been on so many TV shows, I mean, gone several seasons. And I, what is the... What is the process like? I mean, take me through, obviously, there's the casting, but, like, how do you prepare for an audition? And, you know, when you get the role, what is your thought process going in? And then can you get, how do you get comfortable in that role? How many episodes does that take? So just take me through a normal casting and getting on a TV show and how you mentally prepare. Sure. Um, It's always a little different. Um, Typically... Uh, you prepare. For, I mean, well, I prepare for my auditions all in the same way now. It's it's changed over time, though, because when I started, 
um, you didn't really have to be off book at auditions. Um, so you would hold the pages, and sometimes you'd be off book, but sometimes you'd have you know, 11, 12 pages for an audition, and you got the wow. day before. And you just can't really get off book that fast, at least not in a reliable way. Um, so uh, for a lot of years, I, I would just you know read. I, uh, I would rehearse it before. I'd spend time rehearsing and going over it, um, usually by myself, sometimes with a friend, but usually by myself. Um, and then you go in and just, you know, you give it your best shot. Um, I find that some material, well, I mean, any actual find this, like some material just clicks. Like some things just work. Um, and then sometimes you, I'll get an audition and immediately know that, like, this is never going to happen. Like, I would never cast myself in the role of, you know, XYZ. Um, first of all, because that's a terrible name for a character. <laughs> um, no. Did you still go but, to those? Uh, yes. yes. Why? Because sometimes you're wrong. Um, sometimes you're wrong. Uh, I, popular it was a great example. I was 25 probably when I was auditioning for that to play a high school kid. Mm-hmm. Now, look, I have a baby face. I've always had a baby face. When I was 25, I looked like I was 12. <laughs> now I look like I'm <laughs> 30 or something. <laughs> um, but... I looked like a baby, but I, I, you know, I was a college graduate. Like I was a serious, I took myself very seriously and just thought, this is ridiculous. I'm never going to get cast as this high school kid. And it was like the cool kind of like outsider high school kid. Yeah. So I was just screwing. I put a bunch of jewelry on. I sprayed a blue streak in my hair, (laughs) put on a necklace and just went in and was like, whatever, I don't care. And like, and they they just kept calling me back. And I swear every time I was telling um, Anel, my fiance then Mm -hmm. and wife now, it was like, this is never going to happen. Like what? This is never going to happen. Until literally they cast me and Ryan Murphy calls up and was like, congratulations. And I was like, I don't understand. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you've made a horrible mistake. I'm not right for this part. <laughs> so sometimes you're wrong. So, I, you know, I would say if you're going in, it's because someone along the line, you know, the casting director or producer, someone saw your picture or knew, knows your work and thinks you could be right. Um, so if you get the audition, then you should go. How long into a, a role do you get comfortable? I mean, for like popular or you know covert affairs yeah. how many episodes in are you able to get comfortable is that your confidence like right away you're like all right i'm i'm good i feel confident right uh, it it totally depends hmm. um i think i did a show called medical investigation on nbc where i was playing a doctor mm-hmm. and that's the kind of thing where because of the, the language of that the i'm sorry i keep you're good doing this <laughs> like i'm at a wedding um uh, because of the language of that uh, and because uh, of the just the way that that show was written, it was so procedural. There was not a lot of character development going on. So I, I don't feel like I ever really got comfortable in who this guy was. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was it was really challenging for me. Um, that was the toughest gig um, that I'd had. Uh, for Covert, uh, you know, I was playing a blind veteran. Um, so the physicality of that was very important. And it mm-hmm. took probably halfway through the first season before I was really feeling um, like I, I had gotten it down. Um, you know, there, and, and it was the same for production. We like mm-hmm. figuring out how to shoot that. Like we would, I remember one, or one of the early episodes, we were shooting a walk and talk where 
there were three characters, me and Piper and I think probably Kari Machet were walking down a hallway and and then in the middle of the walk, in the conversation, then we turn a corner and keep walking. And we'd already started shooting it before I realized, oh, wait, <laughs> how do I know they're turning how the corner? <laughs> wait a minute. We just have two branching and you just keep going straight. Yeah, that's what would have happened because I wasn't holding on. I wasn't being led. I wasn't holding on anybody's elbow. And so we had to go back and reshoot it. I was like, we got to – this, this is, is, makes no sense. It doesn't work. We got to go back and reshoot it. So, um, so there was a learning process and that I think happens with anything. Um, I think typically – and you see that in TV shows all the time. Like you know, you, the pilot's one thing and then episode two, the whole show sometimes feels a little different. Mm-hmm. And then three, four, five episodes in, it really starts to find itself and hit its stride. Do you think some actors get too comfortable in a role? I mean, and they, they don't. Oh, They're sure. like, all right, well, I landed it. I'm good. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, I, I've had – I won't name names, but, yeah, I, but I've had – uh, an experience of going to work and where the 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 leads uh, really just want to go home, um, like they just yeah. want to go home, yeah. and so they're just not working that hard anymore. Like they've been doing it for a while, um, and that's kind of heartbreaking. I've seen that a couple times in my career, and so I've always remembered that, particularly on Covert, because mm-hmm. that show was went five years, and that was the longest of any of the shows that mm-hmm. I've been on. And so as we got into year three and year four and year five, like I really reminded myself, don't be one of those actors who starts phoning it in or, you know, starts feeling like you've got um, better places to be. Because, um, again, that can, just like we're talking about Betty Weiss enthusiasm and, and joy yeah. can really have an impact on the people around you. That attitude can do the same thing. Yes. And yeah. really have an impact. Yeah. We talked at the beginning, you know, that the world of acting can be tough and you're hearing things. And do you remember, was there a streak that you went through where it was hearing no or, you know, not getting things for a long time on end? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it happens. Yes. Um, I mean, the last two years, like the two years after Covert Affairs were really tough. I mean, I was working sporadically, but I, I didn't have another TV show until Insatiable. Um, I mean, I started, I was recurring on Two Broke Girls mm-hmm. um, for the, their last eight episodes or eight of their last nine. But um, before that, it was just a couple sporadic things. It was three episodes on The Magicians or, you know, I was, I started directing. So I directed um, my first feature, We Love You, Sally Carmichael. Mm-hmm. Um, which was its own amazing experience, but it, you know it's uh, it's not a steady gig, um, and I and I think also it was that that transition, that age transition you were talking about mm-hmm. before. Um, you know, the on covert affairs, I was a thirty to thirty three, thirty four year old um, spy. Mm-hmm. Um, in Insatiable, I'm the dad of a 17-year-old beauty queen. You know, <laughs> like it's like it's a, it's like a, it's a different yeah category. Yep. Um, and it took me it took me full two years to grow in my beard a little bit. I think. <laughs> uh, but um, so I finally is there though. It's finally yeah. there. But uh, so yeah, what thoughts are going through your mind in that two years? 
as you're coming out of this very successful show, what I is... I should have gone to law school, was one <laughs> of them. Um, yeah, well, you look, it's, it's very different now um, than it was at the beginning of my career. Like, I got out of college, and, you know, I was had a part-time job working at Center Theater Group at the Amundsen Theater downtown, and, and uh, you know, and that was fine, because it's just me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was three years before I got my first TV show and could just be an actor. Were you auditioning at that point every week? Uh, Every couple weeks? I I don't remember. It was very, like, it was busy and then it was dead. Mm -hmm. You know, it was busy and then dead. It would be, um, like, and and by the way, it always, and even now, it always feels like your peers are going out more than you are. It always feels that way. Um, I don't know if it's true or not. Maybe it's true. Mm -hmm. But it always feels that way. Mm -hmm. Um, Partly because it's... Uh, you have so little control over it. You know, it's like the anxiety of being the passenger in the airplane um, and not being able to see out the front windows. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like somebody else yes. is piloting this plane. It's yep. it gives you it makes you feel anxious because you mm-hmm. know you're not in control. Um, it's a really hard part about um, this career. Um, but anyway, like now, at the point in my life that I'm in now, it's a whole different level of anxiety because I have an entire family depending on mm-hmm. me. Um, and, you know, residuals are not what they used to be. Um, syndication is not like the golden goose that it used to be. Uh, so you, like, I have to keep working. So there's, like, there's a pressure now um, that there didn't used to be. And you can't force that, though, right? Can you no, force that, or is no. there? A, so how do no, you? No, and also like you can't, like you can't walk into a room with bringing that desperation of like, <laughs> you know, like you can't because people can smell it. Mm-hmm. Like you just have to uh, stay grounded. You have to just keep doing your work and just keep going in and doing the best job that you can do. Um, that's all that you can do. Uh, uh, the nice thing about. Um, Acting um, that I try to remind people, especially young actors coming up, is acting is one of those things that you can always do. Um, it doesn't always have to be your career. Um, if you really love acting, but you're not your your acting career isn't what you'd hoped it would be, you can do something else and still act. There's plenty of opportunities. Like there's local theater. There's the you know like you can yeah. you can do that. You mm-hmm. can make your own movie on your phone now. It's incredible. Um, you know if you're passionate about it and and want to do it. Um, you know it's uh, so I think that's something important to just keep in mind. Do you think a lot of people are blinded by that light of fame and stardom and, and don't? have that passion like you're saying it is now easy in the world that we live in where you literally can make something on your phone you can create your own show you can write you can do all that do you think people get blinded by thinking oh but a lot of people won't watch it and oh it won't get you know me thousands and millions of dollars yes but then you have to ask yourself but why are you doing it right like do you want to be an actor only if you're a movie star because if that's uh if that's uh the, your litmus test, well, then I've had a total failure of a career because I am not a movie star, <laughs> you know? Um, or are you doing it because because uh, it's you, you love to do it and you, you want to make a difference? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, if that's the truth, then really um, it's great if millions of people watch it. Um, 
but uh, it, you, you haven't failed if millions of people don't. Mm-hmm. I heard someone say once that being successful uh, kind of takes being lonely sometimes because you have to be dedicated, because you have to say no. Do you ever feel that way, or does that seem to relate at all? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's a um, – I don't know. It's an interesting uh, uh, kind of point of view. I think – I don't know that I feel like to be successful you have to be lonely. Um, I think um, sometimes uh, certain amounts of success can be can, – can isolate you. Um, certainly in this business, uh, you know, if you reach a certain level of success and fame, it can end up being very isolating. Um, you know, certainly I have friends who are much more famous than I am, and it's difficult for them to go anywhere. Mm. You know, they can't just hop over and go to Disneyland yep. or the grocery store. <laughs> like, it becomes a problem. Yes. Um, you know, so so I think in that sense, it, it can be isolating. Also, I think sometimes the hardest working people, um, uh, you end up self-isolating yourself just because mm-hmm. you've thrown yourself so much into the, mm-hmm. your work that, that you lose track of the rest of your life. You're talking about uh, family. I know uh, in 2000, you married your co-star. Yes. Uh, and congratulations. I mean, 70, 18 years. Yeah. It's incredible, especially in Hollywood. <laughs> What's the secret? What do we got? What's the secret? Uh, Eighteen no. years. I don't know. There's no secret. I, I think um, you know. I, I think a marriage is you know like like any relationship. Uh, it's kind of is what you make it, right? Like uh, you. Um, I think you have to take if you take your vows seriously. I think if you uh, remind yourself to not just love your partner but um, respect your partner. Um, and it's a choice that you make really every day. Uh, you know, like your marriage vows you make on one day, um, but then the choice to be married you make every day that you're married. Um, and if you start making choices <laughs> to not be married, yep. well, then you know, then you're going to go down that road, and the and the, and the marriage is going to be over. Is that a discussion of what roles you play uh, now? Uh, being someone who's in uh, obviously a very serious relationship, you know, the most serious relationship you can have. Yeah. But what roles you play as an actor? Is that a discussion of what you will do and not do on camera, and as far as the relationship with people on screen? Um, it's interesting. It, it was more of an issue when we were younger. Hmm. Um, I mean, we got together very young. Yeah, we were in our yeah, 20s. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, when we were in our 20s, I think like most people in their 20s, like you're very jealous. You know, you're very, it's very new. And especially in this business where, you know, an actor in his 20s is like, uh, you know, whatever show I was on, I was the love interest to mm-hmm. some pretty actress, right? Mm-hmm. Or if it was my show, it was some pretty actress was coming in to play my love interest every week. Mm-hmm. And that's not a natural situation for a relationship, <laughs> right? Like, that's a very weird thing to have to deal with. Um, so that was tough early on for us. Um, it's gotten easier as as we've gotten older and, you know, been more secure, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, That so, trust is built up over time. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. especially, yeah, when a young relationship and you're young in Hollywood and the things people have... Uh, done for success yeah, in this town, well, but also like I think for Anel and I, like ni- neither one of us has ever been all that interested in going to clubs and being at every premiere and 
and the flashiness of it and the nightlife and that whole, you know, like that whole Hollywood scene that people have in their minds. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that just wasn't our world. Like we were both kind of small town kids and, and kind of liked living that way. Has your dreams uh, of what you, I guess, want to do in acting changed since now you have three kids and obviously you've been married for 18 years. Has that changed of putting, you know, family certainly so much higher than work? Well, you know what? Um, because we've had kids, uh, the unexpected difficulty of being an actor has been the travel. Uh, because I, I, I didn't know anybody in the business growing up so I really didn't know how it worked and I didn't know how often I was going to have to be away from home um, and also the you know so much of television and film has moved out of Los Angeles since I started mm-hmm. um, you know the whole business changed while I my career was getting started so people um, are shooting in Atlanta Toronto Vancouver all over the world, over I mean, the world yeah. I've filmed all over the world and and because of the nature of the television season, um, typically I can't bring my family with me because our kids were in school and we would be shooting, you know, for five months or six months, but it would be during school. And so we don't want to take the kids out for half the school year and then put them back in for the other half Mm -hmm. the school year. Um, and Anel at the time, you know, she was still auditioning, so she needed to be here. And, uh, uh, like the biggest conflicts for us in our relationship and for our family has always been, um, not my job, but the travel that was required for my job, um, where I'd be shooting in Vancouver but, and flying home every weekend, um, which is, you know, great. And, oh, it's so nice. Like, Chris is such a good husband. He flies home every weekend. But, um, you know, it, it, and it is. Um, but, you know, when your wife's home pregnant <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the rest of the week by herself with yeah. a small kid, you know. Weekend like, is still two out of seven. Yeah, days. it's, um, you know, it looks a little bit less heroic from her point of view. <laughs> um, rightly so. It's just, uh, it's, so that's been um, really challenging. Um, the biggest change for me has been my interest in directing. I started uh, directing uh, a few things at Funny or Die. I, I wrote and directed a little comedic short called Pet Hunt hmm. for them. Um, and then they had me back to direct uh, this sports rant writer uh, series with Ty Burrell, which was really fun. Nice. Um, and then I started doing some stuff for, for Covert. I did um, webisodes for them, and then I did three episodes for them. And, nice. Um, and then I did my feature uh, about a year and a half ago. Um, is that and, something that you thought at the very beginning of your career that you'd be interested in? I mean, not really. I, I didn't mm-hmm. really seriously consider it. Um, but the longer that I've been doing this, uh, the more I've wanted to do that because uh, it just it requires more. Um, like I love being a part of a television show. Um, uh, being an actor on a TV show requires. Uh, you know, you like you have you, you do your little part. It's your little slice, and you come in and you do your slice, um, and you leave. Uh, but as a director, um, you have the whole pie at your disposal, um, and it's really fun. It's huh? really fun. So I, w- I was glad. It turns out um, I, I had a knack for it. So um, I'm hoping to um, continue working awesome. as a director. Awesome. I want to go to our uh, live chat. We have a couple people. Uh, first, Emerald Eyed Phoenix says that your attention to detail was epic on Covert, uh, that you became an amazing character because of your careful, insightful portrayal. Well, and then nice. Jack says that he has a question. He said, which role do you prefer to play, a more comical like an Ugly Betty <laughs> or dramatic like Covert Affairs? Um, just for pure fun, 
Um, the comedy is more fun. Uh, it's uh, at, at least right now. I, I, and frankly, um, it's one of the things that I love about Insatiable is it required me to be more ridiculous than I've ever been in my career with a character, but also required me to be more emotionally true and available um, than any other character that I've played in the same character. Like, it's the the swings, <laughs> like, in this show, like, where it starts and where it ends, like, the journey of my character in, in Insatiable that um, you're going to see on Friday when you're staying up all night yep. watching all yep. 12 episodes um, is remarkable. And uh, uh, a credit to Lauren Gustis, who's the creator of the show and is just such a talented, amazing writer, um, and all the writers on our show. Um, but uh, as an acting challenge... Uh, it's funny because it's actually I think it's it may have been the most challenging uh, role that I've had so far and it and I didn't know it was going to be that when I signed up hmm. that wouldn't have changed whether you would have signed up you no. probably appreciate that challenge yeah for sure for sure it was like such a like an unexpected blessing you know and I mean you read the first pilot script and you have no idea really where it's going to go mm-hmm. long term um, and it's so satisfying does each episode leave you at a cliffhanger? Does it make you? I know Netflix shows definitely do that uh, yeah. a lot of times. That it's like, oh, well, I have to watch episode two. Yes. Well, now I have to watch episode yes. three. Yes, and the, like the deeper you get in, the faster the pace goes, mm. and the more you want to n- keep going. <laughs> yeah, it's like you know, you're like in a barrel heading toward Niagara. <laughs> like, like there's no stopping. Um, yeah. How many seasons do you think that could go? I mean, have you thought about that? Of how many seasons? That- oh, I don't know. I haven't. Yeah, no, I don't know. Hmm. It could go for. I mean, it could. Lauren's such a. She's a creative genius. So um, where it could go, I don't know. You know, Lauren Gustis uh, was a writer on Dexter for many years. Mm-hmm. So just like imagine like a, like a Dexter sensibility. Um, put into the world of <laughs> Southern beauty pageants. <laughs> Great mix. Yeah. Great mix. Yeah. What is your definition of success? You know, I think it's different for everybody. So um, for me, I think uh, success is being able to support my family um, uh, so that they're able to pursue their dreams and do the things that they want to do in their lives. Um, and uh, um, overcoming surmountable challenges. Um, in acting, in life? In life, in, in life. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I've never had like, um, it was funny, in college I, for a while I, I had a picture of an Oscar up in my closet. And I took it down. <laughs> and the reason is very revealing. Because I thought to myself, well, you know what? I don't know if I want that as a goal. Because when I win it, (laughs) then I won't have any more goals. So I'm just going to take it. (laughs) Um, And so so other than that, like I haven't really um, had like, oh, I want this specific thing. And then I'm um, I'm successful. Like I've had a lot of success in Mm -hmm. my life. And, and what you learn every time you achieve something you've been chasing is that, well, then there's just the next hill, you know, mm-hmm. like it's just the next thing. So um, I think, you know, maybe success is just uh, 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 getting up and and keep moving after you've uh, had a failure. Mm-hmm. 
In 50 years, when people look back on your life and career, what three things do you want them to That's take from it? That's really presumptuous. <laughs> 50 <laughs> years, anyone's going to be looking back at my life and career. Well, um, uh, uh, in 50 years. Um, what do you man, want people to say? Man, he was. I, he was so handsome. <laughs> so, so just pretty to look at. Uh, <laughs> no. Um, I don't know. I think uh, I, I, I honestly don't know. I, I just it's not. I don't really think about things that way. Mm. Like I kind of assume that after I'm gone, um, you know. Uh, uh, here's the thing. I, I'm a firm believer in. Uh, like, did you see? Did you see Coco? The no. Pixar movie. Yep, the new one. Yeah. So there's a great. <laughs> Uh, the, like the the idea behind this film is that you know people stay alive like in the afterlife as long as there are people that remember them, hmm. right? And and I do I think like that's kind of like I don't believe in immortality in the sense that anybody lives forever. Like mm-hmm. you live as long as the people whose lives you have touched like, mm-hmm. live. The people mm-hmm. you know what I mean. And so I just hope that on the whole. I'm a more positive effect on the people in my life um, than I am a negative. Mm-hmm. Like, you're never going to always be everybody's cheerleader. You're never going to always have a positive effect on mm-hmm. everyone's life, mm-hmm. even as much as you try. Because um, you're going to come across someone on a bad day, and, and whether it's your bad day or their bad day, and so yeah. you never know how they're going to interpret things. But, it, exactly. Yes. But on the whole, mm-hmm. I, I would like to be uh, remembered as the kind of guy that, um, that lifts people up. Final question. What advice do you have for young actors, whether that's people who are the 10-year-old at the Fresno Theater or their other community theater or someone who is just graduating college, going through the three years that you went through? What advice do you have? Uh, Honestly, I would would say, by all means, if there's nothing else that you can do with your life, then, then pursue this. You know, if this is the thing and you have to do it and you're going to be miserable going after anything else, then do this. But if you can do something else, then you, you should. This is, this is just, it's a really, it's a really tough career. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I wish people thought of acting more like people think of playing music or playing a musical hmm. instrument. You know what I mean? Like, uh, uh, lots of people learn how to play musical instruments growing up. Very few people become professional musicians, but they keep up with the music. Yeah, you know, like they play guitar around the campfire, or they, mm-hmm. you know, like and it can still be a positive, such a things. positive in your life. Yes, it can be such a positive and so fulfilling. And with acting, for some reason, it becomes like a zero sum game. Like you either are a professional actor, or you're someone who gave up. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I just think, like, there's so many things that you can do with your life. Just don't, um, don't, don't limit yourself. Like, um, um, but again, uh, if you've got to, well, then, then give it a shot. By all means, give it a shot. Just kind of know what you're walking into and make sure that you've got, I think you do have to have the irrational confidence that I had as a kid. Mm-hmm. Like, you do have to come in with that. Whether or not you keep it, you do have to come in with it because um, because it's an insane thing to try to do for a living. Um, yeah. If you can do it, it can be really great. Um, but it's tough. Like, it was, I, I, I was talking to uh, Ty Burrell and I did a sitcom 
years ago um, called Out of Practice. And we used to, like, throw the football around um, during times off and, like, talk about career stuff. And, and uh, that was his first TV show. And I said, listen, you just have to be ready because while you're on a TV show, you're the king of the world. You're a celebrity. Yeah. Everybody thinks you're amazing. You come to work, and the you know security guys are like waving you in. You got your you know. trailer, your room. Yeah, yeah. like cappuccinos are showing up <laughs> like every hour on the hour. You know, like everyone's clapping for you for everything you do. And the second that show is canceled, you're just another fucking actor. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that's how it goes. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's uh, like you have to be able to weather that. You have to be able to know that when everyone's kissing your butt that you don't really deserve it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and you have to know that... The when, low is never as bad as what yeah, you think either. Yeah, and then when it's over and you can't even get an audition for, you know, a drama because you were just on a comedy and now everyone thinks you're, you can only do comedy, like, you have to know that that's not true either. Um, so you have to, you just have to be uh, strong and you have mm-hmm. to be uh, resilient, I think is the word. No, 100%. Resilient. Well, that's great advice to close on. Yeah. I really do appreciate that. And I thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I, uh, real quick, because he had a question in the chat. Uh, oh, yeah. Which character was the hardest to play uh, or easiest type to play? With, uh, it was for Christopher, or sorry, for Emerald Eye Phoenix in the chat. Oh, the, uh, I, I, honestly, I watch Insatiable. And then let me know okay. what you think at the end of it, because uh, I think this was one of, I think this was my most challenging role to date. Nice. Yeah. Well, it lets you know on Twitter and on Instagram at Chris Gorham. And yep. certainly thankful to be here on the Popcorn Talk again at the Popcorn Talk on Instagram and on Twitter and at the only MC on Twitter and on Instagram because we have our poll, which is how oh, yeah. soon is it okay to give spoilers on a Netflix show? And our three ones that we have are three days, one week, and three months. So this definitely go answer. on Twitter. Yes, this will set... Wait, we don't know the answer yet? We don't. I oh. can... I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll look. What's it, what's, is there something, is something leading? Is it, <laughs> right now we have three days leading. That's it? And three weeks... Three, that's a set what? soon. <laughs> that's fast. That's surprising. Wow. So when this comes out, you got, you got till Monday. That's it. All right, folks. You've got till Monday to finish got- Insatiable. <laughs> That's it. There we and I'm go. I'm telling you everything, so hurry. Oh, man. Thank you so much to everyone who joined us in the live chat. We're asking questions. We're live here every single Monday on the Popcorn Talk, and we'd love to have people join us in the live chat. And certainly, if you're joining us via Apple Podcasts as well, tell a friend, rate, comment, like, subscribe. You know, leave us some positive fan mail and positive <laughs> please, messages. Please, and you know what? Do that on your phone and then get off your phone for a little bit. Yeah, Take a yeah. day, whether it's once a week, whether it's once a month, and be able to just explore the world outside of the media. It's out there. It is out there. You just gotta search sometimes. So thank you guys very much for joining us. Hopefully this blessed your week. Hopefully it was some inspiration. We'll see you next week. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, We would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit PopcornTalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals. 